everyone, I'm Carla, and I'm Iman, and you're listening to Screensaver, a podcast about all things pop culture, including TV, movies, books, and sports. In today's episode, we're back to talk about the latest Ridley Scott action space thriller, The Martian, starring Matt Damon. Here's a quick preview. I guarantee you that at some point, everything's going to go south on you. Ready? And you're going to say, this is it. This is how I end. Commander, Mark is dead. We have to go. Now you can either accept that, or you can get to work. This will come as quite a shock to my crewmates, and to NASA, and to the entire world. But I'm still alive. Surprise. Okay, so The Martian is a movie that both Iman and I have been anticipating for quite a while now, and we did mention it in one of our earlier podcasts, But Iman, for those of you who might not be familiar with the plot of this movie, why don't you give us a little bit of plot talk? So The Martian follows the story of Mark Watney, a NASA engineer and botanist that gets stranded on Mars after being presumed dead. It's been described as a mix between Castaway and Apollo 13, and I think To describe it basically as a survival story that's about space travel and the human spirit is probably the most succinct way to get at what this movie was about. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think it's important to note that it's actually based on a novel written by Andy Weir, and it's one that you and I read a few months ago, and we really liked it. Yeah, I don't think I've met anyone that's read the novel and not been absolutely blown away. (laughs) What a fun read it is. Yes, it's definitely really funny, really engaging, and just super thrilling. Um, And and interestingly, it's it's a book that really takes advantage of its textual medium. It's structured in in kind of this sort of log or journal-esque captain's log style. So when I heard that it was going to turn into a movie, it was actually interesting to see how they grappled with that. I'm sure we'll touch on that later, but... Yeah, I mean, I think when both you and I talked about this movie before, we were a little bit skeptical about how they were going to make the transition because the book itself is so... It feels so personal because it's like reading someone's diary. And I think another thing that's interesting about the making of this book or the production of it was the fact that Andy Weir was actually a software developer by by training and by education. I think his, I read somewhere that his dad was a physicist or something. Mm. So he had some exposure to the technical science behind space travel. Which the book is full of. Yes, it's very science heavy. But one of the ways that the author released this book was in the form of like blog posts. Mm-hmm. He he would release chapters on his website uh, one at a time, and it was almost crowdsourced in the way 
people would uh, respond with feedback and edit suggestions on the actual scientific accuracy of it. Interesting. Yeah, so he he made this book not with the intention of making a lot of money, but as just a fun side experiment. And it, def- I, and it definitely reads like a like NASA fanfic. Yeah. In the sense that it's just so it so thoroughly celebrates different space endeavors coming together and like you said it's it's the scientific like oh ingenuity it's just it's such a fun read because you can tell that the writer wrote everything with such genuine enthusiasm. Yeah. So you and I we loved the book. So I think the first question right off the gate, we saw this movie last night, and I think the first question we have to answer is, how does it compare to the novel? That was the first question that I asked you the second the credits started rolling. And I think with any book, I mean, of course, the book is always better than the movie. That's just kind of a fact. Um, But I did say that I think the movie did the book justice. There were elements of the movie's pacing, especially at the beginning, the way that it just kind of throws you into this breakneck pace, Mm -hmm. that had me wondering, if I hadn't read the book, would I be enjoying this as much? Yeah. So I think they definitely complement each other in a great way, but I do think it's an enjoyable movie on its own. Yeah, I think so, too. In terms of its relation to the book, book's better. Right. Well, and I think we were also, going back to the whole skepticism that I was feeling when I first saw the trailer, I was afraid that this movie would fall prey to a lot of typical, you know, tropes that you expect from a major blockbuster, like adding a love story or Mm -hmm. making Matt Damon more of an action star. But like you said, to its credit, I think this movie really did the book justice. And it celebrates the science and creativity and ingenuity of the human spirit and like you you mentioned with the plot talk it's a it's a survival story but it's a survival story but it's also doesn't take itself too seriously which is what we liked about the book so this movie uh, you probably can't tell from the plot talk but it's actually incredibly funny because Mark Watney is a really charismatic uh, personable guy. Yeah, just a charismatic voice. And I, I was actually really interested in picking apart the casting choice with you. How, how do you think Matt Damon embodied that kind of lovable geek? I I thought persona. he did a pretty good job. I thought throughout the entire movie, the in- emotional beats were very strong. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with the strong performances. Of course... Mark is stuck out there on Mars by himself, mm-hmm. and, you know, that that leads to a lot of scenes where, you know, he is struggling with that fact, but he's also finding humor in the situation. And I thought he did a good job of balancing both those those elements. Yeah, when I initially heard that it was going to be Matt Damon, I thought, oh, God, they're turning it into just some action hero. But they definitely did seem with the writing, to try to be loyal to the character that the book presented, which, like I said, is this kind of, like, lovable, dorky guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were certain choices that I think either director, writer, or even Matt Damon made that 
some of the lines kind of fell flat of the way that I had imagined them in the book. But of course, that's something that like every book snob is going to say. Right. right. I do think that it there's it's worth mentioning that the cast is. Most is, definitely star-studded. Yeah, there is a huge ensemble cast to this for this movie, including people like Jessica Chastain, Jeff Daniels, Kate Mara, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Sebastian Stan, uh, Childish Gambino. Yeah, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Uh, Who else? Uh, Kristen Wiig. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was, oh, Mackenzie something, the girl from Hall and Catch Fire was in there. Oh, yeah. So it was definitely a star-studded cast. Not to dive too quickly into my race criticism, but there were also some interesting casting choices in the sense of... um, Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Gosh, I can't remember the character's first name. Kapoor, what was his first name? Vincent? Vincent Kapoor, yeah. Um, this is a character in the book, so at the same time while Mark is going through his whole survival, um, plotting. Yeah, the movie cuts between scenes with him, um, entering his video blogs, which is how they got around that sort of captain's log written portion. They have him, uh, taping himself in these vlogs. So the movie is, uh, cutting between those and him on Mars and... Everyone else in NASA, JPL, the space teams on Earth trying to save him. Rescue him, him yeah. yeah. And one of those characters is Chiwetelle Ejiofor's character. Who plays a half either Indian or Pakistani. Is mm-hmm. a, well, Indian. Yeah. Um, Indian character. So that was interesting. Was he full Indian in the book? I think he was. Because, okay, and I, was, I was really confused by the casting when they when they said Chiwetelechiafor was going to be him. But then they mentioned in the movie, I think the way they got around it was by saying he was half Indian and half African American. His mother, or at least presumably his mother was a Baptist and his father was Hindu. That was what he said. Yeah. Um, there was also another character that in the book, her name was Mindy Park. Mm-hmm. She's played by a white blonde girl. Yeah, the Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah, which reminds me, I mean, so this coming so soon after the Emma Stone debacle, I'm wondering why they wouldn't Which have. Emma Stone debacle? Uh, uh, with the movie Aloha, Aloha she uh-huh. played a half Asian character, I believe. Yes. I don't think that they're and going then to make... there's also a similar controversy or criticism with um Rooney Mara and oh in the new pan movie yeah Yeah, I think these are Hollywood is rife with these I don't think that I've heard anyone really talking about these casting choices with regard to the Martian but I think I mean it's worth mentioning it's just a little weird when you see it but that again might be just me being a book fan and not seeing what I expected. I think it threw me a little, but in terms of their performances, I liked them and they play really likable characters. So Yeah, true. One character I didn't like at all was Jeff Daniels's character. He plays the head of NASA. That's right. Uh, he I don't know if this is my dislike of him in general right now, but it seemed like he was basically playing his character in the newsroom. Yeah. A very 
the furrowed brow. Yeah, yeah, uptight, kind of. Yeah, I think that maybe he's fallen victim to some typecasting, but he did... I think he definitely the the character in the book isn't very likable. I don't think the character in the movie was supposed to be particularly likable. He's the hard A that's supposedly calling all the difficult decisions. And Sean Bean is also in this movie, another yet another star. Yeah, spoiler alert. He doesn't die. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the casting the cast was fun to watch, and I think at the end of the day that's probably what's most what's most important here. I I would like to talk about cinematography. Oh, yeah, that was on my list, too. So what did you think of the Mars landscape? I thought it was really, really pretty. Did it remind you of anything? Uh, this is a it reminded question. me a little bit of Big Thunder Mountain in Disneyland. <laughs> no, I don't know if that's not what, what I was going. <laughs> not where I was going with this. But yeah, I, no, I definitely agree. <laughs> I was going to say Mad Max, okay. um, but Big Thunder Mountain works. Yeah, I I think that the it was. It, I think we're kind of talking about the same thing. It's just a very barren but also beautiful desert landscapes. Yeah, and I thought. Where a movie like Gravity really excelled in making outer space really pretty and really interesting to watch in terms of the actual shuttle itself, Mm -hmm. this one focused more on the Martian landscape. Just vast expanses and horizons. I thought uh in comparison like you said to something like gravity or most space movies they tend to feel incredibly claustrophobic hmm. and i did not get that at all with the martian it even when we're in the space shuttles you get these great shots of the characters just kind of floating through everything and everything seems seamless and futuristic and like beautiful architecture even within the space shuttles it never yeah. really felt like there this this is interesting to say about a movie where that's, I mean, the premise of the movie is that a man's life is a, at stake, but the stakes never really felt, the, the movie never felt like it was stressful. Hmm, yeah. And I think that's what I mean by like that lack of, there wasn't claustrophobic, it, it never felt, even the music, the music, the it's a comedic point in the movie that uses a lot of disco, mm-hmm. it always felt incredibly optimistic, not stressful, but fast-paced. Yeah. Which I think is what made it such an easy watch. You can, like, drink in these beautiful landscapes. It never felt like space was an incredibly menacing thing. No, I mean, I think you were mentioning the the vast expanses of the Martian landscape and everything. I think that really added to giving us the sensation that he really was the only person abandoned on a planet by himself, which... Yeah, there's there's voiceover dedicated to explaining that, Mm -hmm. where he kind of speaks to that himself. But, I mean, not to give too much away about the movie, but there are points where you definitely get the sense that even if you were to fall victim to this Martian landscape, it's never treated like something that wasn't worth it or like, oh, look, the space travel was in vain. Yeah. Even as as they're pouring 
millions of dollars into trying to save this guy. It's all, as a word that we've kept using over and over again, a celebration of this endeavor. Yeah, he even mentions how he takes time every day to go outside and just... Drink in the landscape. Yeah. yeah. And there was plenty to drink in. Yeah. Another thing, just speaking of the cinematography and art direction really quick, another thing we noticed, this is really tiny and it's probably something only you and I would appreciate, but the fonts were so pretty. It was really great. (laughs) Yeah, it's something that makes me wonder if it's just of this time and in 20 years we'll go back and watch this and think like, haha, we thought that was... We thought that was futuristic, but yeah, whatever. I loved the fonts. I loved the design of even, like, the costume design, everything. It was so pretty. And the NASA logo was everywhere, but it was used to great effect. Yeah, JPL, NASA, they were everywhere. And, I mean, Carla, for her work, as actually was at JPL this week. So I think... Um, yeah, it's it's definitely been very present in our lives as of late, so it's fun to see that. I can confirm that they took great liberties to make the JPL campus look very futuristic. <laughs> it looked more like the Google campus than the actual JPL headquarters. But yeah, I mean, I think this movie takes place in the near future, so yeah. maybe this <laughs> it's a little aspirational in how much money is going to get diverted to space travel in the recent Hey, maybe this the movie will help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Um, we were talking about music before, and I kind of want to touch upon that because music really was a big part of the movie and the book. Yeah. When he's up there by himself, he has to resort to looking at his fellow astronauts' media packs and like personal effects and items mm-hmm. for entertainment, and his captain or Commander Lewis. Lewis. She, I guess, is a big disco fan. So throughout the book and the movie, one of the major jokes is that he's complaining about her bad taste in music, but that's all he has to entertain himself. So what did you think of the actual soundtrack? I enjoyed it. Yeah? I really like, I never felt like the music was at odds with the tone of the movie. Yeah. I Yeah, I agree. I think it definitely worked to bring in elements of humor. But I kept thinking of Guardians of the Galaxy while I was watching it because mm. I still think Guardians of the Galaxy still steals the show in terms of infusing music from previous decades. Definitely. I, I, I think- don't know if they were going for a similar tone. I mean, it is canon, so to speak, because... They refer to the disco music throughout the entire novel. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't say, oh, they're trying to recreate the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. I don't think that the music factored in quite as much as it did in Guardians, where yeah. Guardians, one of the things that when the second you step out, you're like, I need to get my hands on this awesome mixtape. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the music just kind of, it set the tone. It wasn't a character in the way that it was, or it wasn't as prominent as it was in Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that for this music, I would say that the the score to me was just as important as the disco music was. For sure. And there were a lot of times that he would be out there all by himself, but it wasn't really dramatic or morose. It was, I mean, there are moments where 
very emotional moments where he breaks down, but the music always seemed to kind of be pulling it towards a more hopeful, Mm -hmm. a lighter tone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so we've we've touched on, on pacing and music and casting and cinematography. What... What did you think, I mean, if anyone's planning on, on watching this, we'll try to do this somewhat spoiler-free, but the ending does differ from the book, mm. or at least it, they add in, okay, this isn't going to be spoiler-free if you're going to watch this movie, turn it off now or listen to this after, but what did you think of the ending's kind of epilogue that it added to what the book had already given us? Because if I remember correctly, the book finishes as soon as he gets rescued. Yeah, that's the big spoiler spoiler alert. Okay. (laughs) I was a little thrown by it. At the same time, I understand why they did it, I guess. It just felt like it was the weakest part of the whole movie. Like, it felt like the second that they had to veer off of the like the track that Andy Weir had already written out for them mm-hmm. that they just lost the entire point yeah, of remember, the movie. I remember when I read the last few pages of the book, I was in I was like in tears because of how beautifully written once. it was. I did not cry once while watching this movie. I did. I felt like like I mentioned before. I didn't cry during the book, so that, that <laughs> also says something. But I mean I think it it could have done without it. That but was my question. Yeah. I think for people who didn't read the book, they would have been expecting more of mm. some more closure. Yeah, especially since it kind of started in Medieval. Like yeah. it started in the middle of a conflict. Maybe it had to end with some sort of neat bow. Yeah, it was a little too neat. I mean, while the credits are running, they kind of show where each of the characters end up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it could have been worse, is All what right. I'm trying to say. I have a, another question, just speaking to the fact that it's a space movie in general, there have been a lot of space movies that have come out recently. I'm talking about things like Gravity and Interstellar. Where do you think this movie will land in comparison to those. I didn't see Interstellar. And I Neither know did I. Yeah. And I know that's kind of been everyone's go to like this is the cream of the crop of all these mo- of all these science movies as huh. of late. I also know that it got a lot of criticism for being too technical. So I don't know for being too weird, I heard. Okay. Um, I think this one has a lot of commercial appeal. Whether that will help it or hurt it in the end. In terms of, like, Oscars or awards? Yeah. I mean, it felt like it was just a really fun movie. I I told you this morning, I don't remember every scene of the movie, which tends to happen to me with movies that are just kind of, like, fun to Hmm. watch. Um I don't think it struck such a heavy tone with me where I thought this is such an important film. Yeah, I agree. It made me, it reminded me of how much I loved reading the book. Yeah, yeah, same. I think, personally, I would rank it very high because I I had such a good time watching it. I would easily put it above Gravity, even though I don't think it was doing any groundbreaking stuff in terms Mm -hmm. of filming the way that Gravity did. 
Um, but the performances were good, and it was a reflection of a really, really great movie. And also, I think the storyline is just way better than yeah, that's gravity what I would, that or, would, or even Prometheus, Ridley Scott's last space movie. Yeah, definitely. I think the story is just one that's important to have right now. As you know, I've been reading a lot about Elon Musk and SpaceX and space travel in general, mm-hmm. and the sense of inspiration and excitement that I get out of reading stuff that's actually happening right now seem to resonate more with this movie than it has with any other space movie I've seen recently. Yeah. Because there was no... It didn't jump forward to the menace of, oh, there are aliens and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. No, it was just like a very... It felt near enough in the future where it could... It fit within my imagination yeah so here's another question do you think those people who haven't read the book yet and watched this movie will they enjoy it more or less than those who have i i don't know what do you think like in other words does having read the book add or detract from the experience i think for me Because most of my qualms with it are, that wasn't in the book, or the book had this. And I think that's always distracting when you're watching a movie. Exactly, it happens with everything. Uh And I know that there are some people that will say, like... based on a book. Yeah, I know there are some people that will say, like, oh, well, that's a reason to not read the book. Huh. Which I think is so dumb. Yeah. But I'm also curious to talk to someone who hasn't read the book and saw this movie. I wouldn't respect them as much as a fan. Like, I wouldn't respect their opinion of this movie as much. This is my hot take, and I know <laughs> half the people listening to this, all ten of you, five of you are going to be very offended. But, no, I I think, yeah, if you're just going to watch it, like, to, fun movie, Friday night, yeah, you'll probably enjoy it more if you haven't read the book. But yeah, if you're have fun. Yeah, you'll have fun. It's a fun movie. But if you're really invested in the actual story, like, oh, this triumph of human spirit, I think you have to have read the book because it's just an enjoyable story. It's like, do you want to enjoy the story or do you want to enjoy a a movie that'll take you out of your element for two hours? Yeah. Well, I I will say, if you haven't read the book and you watched this movie and you really liked it, you should definitely read the book because you will probably enjoy it ten times better and you'll know how it ends you'll know that he survives but it's a movie that's about the process it's about the getting there it's not so much about does he survive or not Mm -hmm. um yeah those people would probably just flip to the back of the book and see whether he survives or not anyway like the harry potter people yeah so it's (laughs) kind of like if, if you're into the character if you're into seeing if you're into the science too the book has a lot more of that but yeah, it's it's an interesting question. I would be really curious to hear what people uh, what yeah, people that let haven't. Us know. Yeah, yeah, let us know. Time for Sh- shout outs. Yeah, I have a few. All right, sure. You go ahead. I have a lot too. I don't know. We haven't checked each other's, so maybe they'll open. There might be. Okay. Well, first up for me, shout out to NASA wardrobe. I saw about. Six to ten articles of clothing, sweatshirts, t-shirts, jackets, all 
with the lo- uh, with the NASA logo on it, and I think I wanted every single one of them. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Kate Mara's little like the sweater with the tubing on it. I yeah. really liked it. It was very Lululemon esque. Very but, Lululemon. Uh, but they were so pretty, and I think it goes back to our previous comments about the branding and the the costume design. Yeah, for sure. I mean, these are all movies, like, this movie is premised on the fact that NASA and JPL all have a lot more money than they have. <laughs> my <laughs> my shout-out is a little uh, less glorious. Shout-out to Duct Tape. Oh, yeah. This movie was a PSA for the amazing, astounding powers of duct tape. Which is also in the book. Which is totally in the book, but I just, watching the movie itself, I was just like, man, it needs to be credited on the poster this is amazing um shout out for me to the council of elrond which is mentioned (laughs) in this book it's what the rescue team over at um nasa headquarters calls themselves and i thought it was just a funny reference to geek culture in general but to also have Sean Bean in the movie, who was in the original <laughs> Council of Elrond, and have that reference be made. I thought that was really clever and really great. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm cheating and looking over at your thing, but I'm realizing we have the same shout-out. Shout-out to Michael Pinyas. <laughs> Killing it for huge. <laughs> yes. Uh, we had a very enthusiastic shout-out to Michael Pena for our Ant-Man podcast, and he uh, plays Martinez, a pilot in this movie. He is just such a great... He's he, great at, like, getting... He goes in and he does what the movie needs. Like, it, he wasn't, like, some... His st- brand of humor yeah. is so welcome. But it's also, like, it molds itself to what the movie needs like he's just a good actor i don't want to call him a character actor but i mean he's just yeah Yeah, michael peña still killing it welcome in any movie ever (laughs) um but if you don't mind since that was both of ours i'm gonna just give sneak in one more shout out shout out to the (laughs) the surfboard in the background of every shot of jpl did you notice it no it was right next to the american flag i was just like okay surfboard there was a surfboard leaning against the wall and i was just like are you kidding me at jpl i I think it's just like they think like oh an establishing california shot throw Mm. a surfboard in there yeah, I don't know. It was JPL fu- is in Pasadena. It's nowhere near the nowhere beach. Nowhere near the beach. But it was it was really funny. A shout out to California, I guess, because <laughs> you would see uh, the movie alternates between like Houston and NASA and yeah, Florida. Yeah, and it was just funny to see how you could always tell Calif- where when they were in California because everyone would be in like cargo shorts and t-shirts and baseball caps. It's just funny to see how the rest of the world sees us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think my last shout out will just have to go to science in general. This we've we've mentioned it so many times before, but the fact that this movie really took the time to to celebrate things like, oh, math and equations and getting the science right. I was sitting right behind this little boy who went to go see it with his dad. And I kept thinking throughout the whole thing, like, how cool it was that little kids will be coming in to watch this movie. And having heroes like Mark Watney makes me feel good for, like, the next generation. Oh, totally. (laughs) 
<laughs> My last shout out is really embarrassing. What is it? Shirtless Matt Damon. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, sh- shout out. Shout out to Matt Damon. All right. Iman has professed her crush on Matt Damon several times. (laughs) Not on air, but now now it's public. Yeah, the shame. All right. Okay, let's go into ratings. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, Like I was saying, great movie. Uh, I'd give it eight dehydrated poop packets. Ew. Yeah. That factors in. Uh, Yeah. Well, he has to create compost to grow his own potatoes. Out of ten. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind. I'm an eight-year-old boy. (laughs) I would rate this movie, I think I'd give it a little bit of a higher rating, just knowing the fact that it's so tough to take a book that was so well-received and so beloved by so many people I I think I would give it like a nine A minus range, nine out of ten NASA hoodies for me. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a really good time, and it didn't disappoint in in terms of like staying true to the book, which I know was probably really tempting for the the movie studio itself. Yeah. No, you're right. I'd give it nine surfboards out of ten. Okay. So, we agree. Yeah. Unanimous decision. All right. Well, time to wrap up this Council of Elrond. Yeah. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And in terms of social media, we are on Twitter at ScreensaverPod. And we have a Facebook page screensaver podcast i think that wraps up this conversation next time i think we're gonna do a throwback thursday of sorts and talk yeah our doing yeah our first installment of why haven't we seen this yet (laughs) so stay tuned all right thanks for listening bye bye